Hey there, I'm Melanie Reed, and this is The HR Mentor. I talk a lot on this podcast about the positive aspects of my profession and how to get the most out of an HR career. The reason for that is twofold. Number one, I really do love my profession and what I do. And number two, I think a lot of emerging HR practitioners would have more positive experiences in their organization and more career satisfaction if they received some guidance, coaching, and mentoring on how to navigate some of the things they will face. It's kind of like when you have a baby, if you've had that experience. No one tells you some of the things that are going to happen during delivery. Not even the nurses in your prenatal class prepare you fully. And had I known some of the things that are quote unquote normal during this process that no one told me about, I would have been a little more prepared and a little less freaked out. In any case, an HR career is nowhere near as painful as having a baby, but the pain can last longer than a few hours, or in my case, 20 hours, if you aren't prepared for it. So today, I wanted to flip the script a little and talk about some of the biggest challenges of being an HR professional. Yes, I know every profession has its challenges, but I believe there are some that are unique to an HR role. I also believe that if you anticipate that these are on the horizon, or if you're in the middle of some discomfort right now, it might help you see your way through. Is it as satisfying as becoming a mom? No, of course not. But figuring out how to work with complex people and situations at work can help you in your mom role, especially when your kids are teenagers. So let's get started. Welcome to the HR Mentor Podcast, the podcast for emerging HR practitioners to get practical advice, tools, and strategies to build credibility, confidence, and ultimately, a fulfilling HR career. Okay, so you chose HR as a career path. Why? My guess is it had something to do with a desire to help people, work with people, or maybe impact the lives of people. Most people choose an HR path because they want to make a difference in people's lives and make organizations better. They don't typically pursue HR to get rich or to become the policy police. At least I didn't. But what a lot of new HR professionals don't realize is that the road to making an impact and a difference in the lives of employees can be bumpy and full of pitfalls. Today, I want to share five challenges all HR professionals face. These are not impossible hurdles to overcome, but they are realities. And although I'm all about seeing the positive and looking for solutions, sometimes you have to face reality first in order for a solution to be visible. So the five challenges that I believe all HR professionals face are, number one, people are complicated and unpredictable. Number two, different organizations value the role differently. Number three, your role will often land you in the middle. Number four, not everyone is going to like you. Seriously. 
And number five, it takes time to change people and organizations. So let's talk about each one. The first one, people are complicated and unpredictable. That might seem obvious to you, and it probably goes without saying, but it is worth talking about because I think it is the biggest challenge. You chose HR because you probably like people, for the most part, more than numbers and things, right? And that's amazing. But what you may not realize is just how complex and unpredictable your subject is. One only needs to spend a few minutes on Twitter to see just how unpredictable and sometimes irrational some people can be. And what might be a rational solution to a problem or a rational response to a situation might be completely off the table for someone else. Let's take a controversial topic right now, if I dare, just to illustrate. Let's talk about vaccines. Now, it seems perfectly logical to most of us to get the COVID-19 vaccine, to listen to the science and protect our families, friends, communities, etc. We've been getting vaccines in Canada for decades, and it's helped eradicate diseases we no longer are challenged by. And requiring vaccines to go certain places and do certain things is also not a new idea. As you can tell, I think getting the vaccine is a rational choice, and most people I know feel the same way. However, there are other people, and apparently more than a couple of them, who feel that getting the vaccine is the worst idea in the world. And while it might be baffling to me, it makes perfect sense to them to not get it. So now the government is contemplating and implementing policies that most believe are in the interest of the greater good by requiring vaccines to do certain things. I believe at least our provincial government thought more people would behave differently and they wouldn't have to do that. But people are unpredictable and complicated. Now, I'm not using this example to make a political statement. I don't think vaccines are political. I already said where I stand on the issue, but it's a perfect example of what happens within organizations that are full of people. The leaders in an organization might feel that it's perfectly logical to expect people to come to work on time, not steal their coworkers' lunch out of the fridge, not have intercourse in shared spaces or on their boss's desk, not punch their manager not steal property or time, etc., etc. But these are all things that have happened in workplaces. And until they happened, the HR professionals who had to deal with them probably didn't see them coming. I know I didn't when I encountered them or read about them. So big challenge number one, people are complicated and unpredictable. Accepting this right away makes it that much easier to get over the shock when the manager calls you with any of these scenarios. At least, eventually, you get over the shock. All right, big challenge number two, different organizations value the role differently. Now, this challenge is less about employees and more about leaders. I've said it before on this podcast, or at least I think I have, but no two organizations see the role of HR the same way. Even within the same industry, the HR department and function can be viewed differently. 
This is determined by how the top leader or leaders view HR, and it's very dependent on how the leader of the HR function behaves and acts and their relationship with those senior leaders. A change in either role, either the head of HR or the head of the organization or in the top layer of the organization, can have a huge impact on how the department functions, the HR department that is, and how it's supported with budget and people resources. If you're working in an organization with an owner or a CEO who despises HR or feels the function's only there to create policies and hire and fire people, then that will be pretty much what your function is based on. Yes, you can build relationships, you can educate the CEO if they're open to that, or at least try to, but if that doesn't work, I'm afraid you're in for a lot of head-banging on the wall days. Now, if you're cool with that, and that's your role, more power to you. The same is true of an HR leader. If you're working in an HR department where the HR manager or director believes that the role of HR is to do administrative work and hire and fire only, then they will likely not support you spending your time on anything else. I've seen and lived through both these scenarios. And it's even worse if you have leaders that don't see the potential for HR and an HR leader that believes the same thing. In my particular case, that meant it was time to go. And sometimes that's what you need to do, right? Now, unlike other professions like sales, accounting, and finance, where the goals of the department are much more clear and much more similar across organizations, the role of HR can sometimes be quite nebulous. Some leaders know they need HR professionals, again, mostly because they don't know how or don't want to deal with performance issues and hiring and firing. But there is so much that can be included in an HR function, depending on the way it's viewed and the availability of resources. Knowing that the function can be viewed and treated very differently in each organization means that you need to do a lot of research before joining any of them. And it's really helpful to know what interests you and what your strengths are, to know if any one organization is going to be a good fit. No, you'll never know perfectly when you sign on the dotted line, but you can make an educated guess based on your experience through the selection process and the research you do. Something not a lot of HR professionals take time for when they're job seeking or considering a role change. So make sure you do this before you jump ship or start a new job search or even take a promotion. Know what you're getting yourself into and whether or not that's going to be a fit for you. Okay, big challenge number three, your role will often land you right in the middle. The HR department is part of the management function of an organization. There really isn't any confusion there, at least for the most part. But the purpose of the function is to help the organization achieve its mission and strategy through people. So it also means that the treatment and experience of employees is front and center to our purpose. If there were no employees, there would be no HR and likely no organization. But these two responsibilities can sometimes clash. Your responsibility as a manager in the organization 
to help the organization achieve its goals and the well-being, the engagement, and the experience of the employees. Sometimes as an HR professional, you'll be advocating hard for an employee with a particular need or concern or a group of employees, and sometimes you'll be advocating hard for a policy to be followed or a new rule or the wish of a manager. And sometimes you'll be advocating for rational thought and thus neither of the two parties because both are being unreasonable. It happens. So you're sometimes on this tightrope navigating mucky situations and trying to keep both opposing parties satisfied. Sometimes you have to pick a team because it's the right thing to do by policy and humanity standards. And sometimes you're stuck mediating a middle ground. It's a complicated dance. Understanding your role is great. And as I said, yes, HR is part of management and has a responsibility and obligation to uphold the rules and standards of the organization, our profession, and of course the law. But not every situation is clear cut along those lines. And sometimes leaders are wrong and behave out of self-interest. And what's easiest? rather than what's right. And sometimes employees are wrong and behave out of self-interest and what's easiest rather than right. Like I said, it's a messy dance and one that you will undoubtedly have to navigate throughout your career. The solution really is to learn how to listen to understand what's really going on, to resist jumping to conclusions about people, to hone your investigative and negotiating slash mediating skills, and to do lots of deep breathing, have an outlet like exercise, and learn to love the occasional or not so occasional glass of wine. I'm kind of joking, but I'm kind of not joking. I'm not going to lie. It's not easy to be in these situations, but you can navigate them by digging into what's really motivating people's behavior because it's within that motivation that you often can find a solution to the problem. And I think having a good network of HR professionals to share with, to vent with, to get ideas with is really instrumental. I have relied on the guidance and the support of my HR colleagues throughout my entire career. And I can tell you, it makes all the difference in the world. All right, the fourth big challenge. Not everyone will like you. This has tripped me up a couple of times. Despite your best efforts to help people through difficult situations in the workplace, they might not like you in the end. You may have just done what you think is pull a rabbit out of a hat, saved their job, found a solution, and in the end, they may hate you for the whole thing. In reality, they probably don't hate you because they don't know you enough to hate you, but they hate what you represent and that you're holding them to some accountability level. Even if it's the right thing, a better solution than the one the manager wanted and presented, which they might not be aware of, and you feel it was a real compromise, they still might hate you. Often employees don't know what goes on behind the scenes and the discussions that happen about certain situations. Confidentiality will often prevent us from sharing a lot of information. So they don't have all the details to base their reaction on. They just know how they feel about it in the end. 
And you kind of have to get over the fact that they might hate you for whatever you're telling them has to be the result. Certain managers might not like you much either, especially if you're holding them to policies or forcing them to see their employees as people, real humans with feelings and lives and families, and holding them accountable for their behaviors. Again, you're in the middle. You're the creator and enforcers of rules and policies and rational decision-making, at least I'd like to believe we are, And some people will resent all of that when it bumps up against them or it affects them personally. Some people see policies and rules as important for other people and not for them. So they're your friend when it's in their favor and a foe when it isn't. Back to number one, people are complicated and unpredictable. So while I completely advocate for building relationships, making connections, and taking time to understand people and what motivates them, I'm also here to warn you that despite all of that and your best efforts, some people might still not like you. And that's really okay. If you do those things, the majority will. And ultimately, you have to let go of the few that don't. It's hard, trust me. But it is necessary to move on and enjoy what you do. Okay, the fifth and final challenge is that it takes time to change people and organizations. Even though one of my strengths is being able to see the bigger picture and long-term strategy, I'm a terribly impatient person. And this can be a bad mix in a role that often has you working in day-to-day minutiae and depending on the organization, not being able to influence change in a very efficient way. Hierarchy can be a good thing in an organization. Checks and balances hold people accountable, facilitate the completion of a lot of work and projects, and it allows frontline workers to get the support, development, and attention they need. But it can also slow things down, way down. And this can be frustrating if you have a great idea, you see how it can help, and then you have to wait months for someone to decide to move ahead with it or give you the green light. But this is the reality in a lot of organizations, and that's not unique to HR either. And it can take even longer if the idea is novel or new and the organization has no roadmap for doing it in the past. Convincing a group of leaders to do something is one part of the challenge. But the other part is that even if you do get the green light to implement something, it may take a really long time to see the benefits of your hard work. For example, a change in a hiring practice that encourages more diverse applicants is not going to change the diversity of an organization overnight. This will take years as vacant positions come up and recruitment and selection processes happen. Another good example is a change to performance management processes. You might get the immediate benefit of an easier process, but changes in behavior won't happen overnight. Yes, if someone's repeatedly late for work, that can be changed immediately with feedback, coaching, understanding what the problem is, etc. But someone who struggles, say, with presenting their ideas in a large group setting They're not going to become a great presenter overnight. They need training, coaching, and opportunities to practice. Now, you should do all of those things, even though you might not 
see the rewards of your work until years later. Or maybe you've left the organization and you never see it. But that's the reality of our role. So if you're driven by quick wins and immediate outcomes, don't we all like a little bit of that? This could be a real challenge for you. Now, my best advice is to look for places where you can feel accomplished within your day or your week and reward the small wins. Knowing that people take time to change or might never change can help you manage your own expectations and know that even though on the surface you may not seem like you're making an impact, you are. In episode 13, How to HR, I talk about the importance of understanding your organization and the people in it. Knowing your organization well can definitely help you with these expectations and help you see where the opportunities to influence others and make changes exist. So definitely showing some patience and some understanding that change takes time and some people may never get there. Some organizations might never get there. Knowing that's the case and managing your own expectations, looking for quick wins, can help you still have a very satisfying and rewarding career. Okay, let's review the five. The five big challenges I believe all HR professionals face are, number one, people are complicated and unpredictable. Number two, different organizations value the role differently. Number three, your role often lands you in the messy middle. Number four, not everyone is going to like you. And number five, changing people and organizations takes time, and sometimes a lot of it. A career in HR is not for the faint of heart. You will face situations that will shock you, frustrate you, and leave you wondering if you will ever make an impact. That said, it's also incredibly rewarding and satisfying if you focus on what you can control. You can build great relationships and trust with leaders and employees. You can implement innovative solutions that have a positive impact. And you can be a catalyst for the organization achieving its goals and purpose. It all really comes down to understanding yourself, what's important to you, and your organization. It also means you need to understand the people in it and what's important to them. Self-awareness and awareness of who you're working for and what you're working towards is really critical to career satisfaction in an HR role. Not quite as fun and challenging as a house full of teenagers, but pretty darn close. Now, if you want to go deeper in your learning and development as an HR professional, I also recommend you get on the waitlist for my HR Career Academy program. It's launching in the fall and there will be a special bonus for anyone who's on the waitlist when it goes live. This program is delivered virtually and it's designed to help you set yourself up for an incredible career in HR. You can find the link to sign up in the show notes for this episode, which can be found on my website at www.unicorngroup.ca forward slash episode dash 36. If you loved this episode or any others, I would love it if you left me a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the HR Mentor Podcast wherever you're listening. As always, thank you so much for being here and for listening. Take care. Bye for now.